But welcome, everybody. We are in a three-week series. This is week two. Thank you so much, Rob. Called Spirit, Soul, and Body. Thank you. It's been devoted to the idea of living in wholeness, living in total wholeness in our spirits, souls, and bodies. Ah, there's the graphic. Awesome. Um, And we said last week that if there was a way of going through life where we can experience different results to what we have seen before, then we want to know what that is and how we can apply it so that we can experience this wholeness that we've been talking about. And just as a quick uh, recap, we said last week that this process happens by firstly understanding what we already have through the Holy Spirit. We said that we already have everything we need for life and godliness, right, in our spirits. We have all the joy. We have all the peace, all the wisdom, all the strength already built in on the inside of us through the Holy Spirit. And this faith journey, this this process called sanctification, that's the process, is about allowing more of what we have already received to work its way out through our souls and into our bodies. Amen. That's the context. We are not just human. Hmm? We are not just human beings. One third of us is completely Holy Spirit. Changes things, doesn't it? Changes our language. Uh, and, and the title of our message last week was Death to DIY. Um, a little play on the idea of, you know, instead of going through life trying to do everything yourself, uh, it's about relying on God's strength, His grace that's already in you. And Dill jokingly said, you know, it, it sounds like uh, the, the new Father's House heavy metal band that we're starting. Death to DIY. Um, I love it how my messages get applied, you know, the context. And uh, we all actually had a good chuckle at my drawing uh, last week that sort of got more amens and attention than any of the scriptures I read. Um, so thank you for the laughs. Uh, I've since developed an even greater complex about my artistic abilities. That's why there is no drawing board today. But uh, this morning, um, I want to tackle the topic of the soul. Uh, I want to tackle the topic of the soul. Uh, and the title of our message is Yours or Mine. Yours or Mine. So this is the how. This is the how to getting the life that's already on the spirit, on the inside of you, out through your soul, into your body. This is the high, this, this is the biggest battleground in the Christian journey. This is where the this is where the real sanctification process happens, right? This is the business end of this whole process. And there's a sentence which I've asked the production team to help me put up on the screen to kind of set the scene. We are perfect in our spirits. We will be perfect in our bodies one day when Christ comes to to, to fetch us. And we are being made perfect in our souls. Can you say amen to that? Remember like my drawing uh, last week said that the spirit is the engine that drives, that drives the train. The soul is the link that joins the two between the engine and the coach, which is your body. And so this is a little sentence that kind of helps us just frame this. so We can see how important this conversation is in terms of unpacking this life that we have on the inside of us in our spirits. Now, before we get into... Um, you know, a couple of scriptures and, and, um, and what makes up a soul, kind of the three, three components of, of what, what is our souls. I wanted just to, to, to make a few, um, can I say bold and biblical declarations at the start of this message? Is that okay? A couple of, couple of bold statements. But I want us to live from a place of victory when we, when we speak about this conversation of our, of our souls. I don't want us to, to kind of fear that, you know, if we've missed the mark somewhere, you know, if we've ever experienced anger or depression or hurtfulness or resentment or unforgiveness or any of these things that sometimes creep up in our souls, I don't want us to, 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 to operate from a place of defeat, right? I want to I just set the record straight, basically. And I kind of felt when I was um, writing these scriptures down that, 
you know, every now and then you, 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 you kind of get the sense in like worship evenings too. You just have to make a few declarations almost in the face of the enemy. You know, um, I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but sometimes, you know, you kind of feel like you're just under attack. You know, as, as Christians, we use the term under attack. Uh, and, and, you know, we just sung it just now, our, our weapon is a melody. You know, we often go into worship, wholehearted nights of worship for, for seasons like that. Well, I kind of felt like these verses spoke to this sort of situation because there were so many people that I've been speaking to lately that feel like they're, they're done, they're out, they're giving up because of something that's happened that's taken place in their soul, a hurt, an injury or whatever. And so I just wanted to make a few bold declarations just to kind of set the record straight and kind of speak into the face of those lies that sometimes get thrown at us, right? So the first one is that I want us to recognize that the enemy has already been defeated. Can you say amen to that this morning? We sung it just now. What does that mean? Well, the enemy's greatest weapon against human beings was death itself, right? Which is eternal separation from God's presence. That's hell. It's eternal separation from his presence. That, 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 that death weapon that the enemy has has already been defeated through Christ on the, on the cross. So our greatest enemy is no longer a threat. <laughs> Can we just let that truth settle in our hearts for a moment? That is the good news of the gospel, that the greatest enemy that stood against us has already been defeated. Christ has done the work. Amen. Look at the scripture in Colossians 2.14. Uh, Colossians 2.14, this is a beautiful verse. It said, he, Jesus, erased the certificate of debt. Oh man, that, that is so good. He erased the certificate of debt with his obligations that was against us and opposed to us. And he has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. Check out this language. He disarmed. Oh man, he's like a heavenly FBI agent. Uh, he disarmed, you know. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. Jesus triumphed over them in himself. Man, that's awesome. Man, I absolutely love that. And you know, this, this idea about, about what, what, what the enemy does is that, you know, he can't destroy you with death, but he can sometimes distract you with the threat of death. You know, he thinks, oh, you know, your, your marriage is done. Your business is done. Your family life is done. Well, mm, not really. Because like we're saying just now, um, with Jesus' last and first breath, he destroyed that, that weapon. He dealt with it. He dealt with it. That's why it says in 1 Peter 5, Verse seven, casting all your cares on Jesus because he cares about you. Be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion. Now, I sort of pause there for a moment in this conversation. Just notice the word like. Everyone say the word like. Like, like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him, firm in the faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. That's a very important word, that word like. Because you see, what was, what, was, what was the devil's greatest sin? He wanted the worship that he saw God, God was getting, right? He's like, no, I mean, these guys are praising him. I want that. I want that for myself. And so that word like is a very important word because we worship the lion of Judah, Jesus. That word says that the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion. He's trying to deceive us and try and receive the praise that is actually unto God. So he's kind of like a roaring lion, but he's actually had his teeth pulled out, basically, if we want to use this as a little um, analogy, because he can't actually do anything. Christ has already dealt with that. Look at Romans 8, Romans 8, 38 to 39. How great is the scripture? For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, there it is, 
nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can you say amen to that this morning, Father's house? Anyway, I just felt like there was something, um, something on that that I wanted just to say at, at, at the beginning of this message. Um, that Christ has already done the most difficult work. He has already secured our eternity with him. And now this journey, this sanctification journey, is about making the most of the good deposits that we have received. This is not something that we should be fearful of. This is something that we should be excited about. And so that's why the topic of the soul is such an important one. Because this is where this tension happens now, right? This is where the struggle happens. And not, not, not unto death, Christ has dealt with it, but this is about inheritance, this is about getting the most out of the life. And, and um, I've asked the production team as well to help me with another little uh, sentence. I gave them a hard time this morning. They looked at me with these like, you know what? You're such a pastor. You leave things to the last minute when it comes to your presentation. But this is where, in our souls, this is where the purposes of God for your life are protected or perverted. This is where the plans of God for your life are followed or forgotten. And this is where the destiny of God for your life is desired or disregarded. This is the tension that we're, that we're sitting in when it comes to this conversation of how do we work the life that's in our spirit out through our souls into our bodies. This is where that, that, that happens. This is where the enemy tries to come and wage his greatest warfare. And so, you know, as Christ followers, we don't want to give him a seat at our table, right? We don't want to give the enemy anything more than what he needs. And we don't want to get to heaven, you know, having these faith vouchers in our hands going like, oh man, I wish I'd cashed this in while I was here on earth, you know? I wish I'd invested more in my leadership while I was here on earth. I wish I'd run my business with kingdom values while I was here on earth. I wish I'd prayed for more people or shared my faith with more people while I was here on earth. And this is where, in our soul, this is where those decisions take place. And by the way, it is God's will for our soul to prosper, right? And it's something that we can trust God for, that we can pray for one another for. Look at this, um, look at this verse in 3 John 1 verses 2. This is why he says this. He says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper, in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. There it is. We can pray for our souls to be prosperous. Amen. So when I was actually chatting to, to Pastor George about, about this message, he, you know, as he does, you just ask him something off the cuff and he's got like a three hour long theological, you know, exposition that he puts into three or four words. And this is exactly what happened. I said to him on, on Wednesday, you know, we, when you hear this conversation about the soul, what is the first thing that kind of comes to mind? And, and he actually said this, he said, when we get saved, in the beginning, when we get saved, when we accept Christ and are born again, he finds us in our spirits, right? We know that the Holy Spirit becomes our spirit. He sent us the Holy Spirit as a, as a deposit. So we get saved, he finds us. When we are resurrected with Christ again, we will find him with our bodies. For we know that our bodies will be transformed into his bodies. And so right now, we're in the middle of the two. That's where we are. Christ found us in our spirits. We will find him in our bodies. We are being found by him in our souls. This is where we are. And so that's, that's the kind of the position that I wanted us to, to or, or sort of the background that I wanted us to have as we start this conversation this morning. So we have in our spirits the ability to win this battlefield. What are they? What are the three areas of this battlefield then? What are the three components that make, that make up our souls? And how can we win in each of them? And... Uh, you see, this is what I love about our church. You've got such a sense of humor. So my drawing was so bad last week that the production team were like, look here, you need some help on this, Paul. And they've made a beautiful graphic to, just, to, to illustrate. Look at that. 
I mean, mine was literally an A4 piece of paper drawn with a block saying soul in, you know, scribble handwriting. And they've gone and made this beautiful little picture to kind of describe our conversation. Thank you so much, team. But these are the three components of our souls, right? Firstly, on the left, we have our emotions. And think of that image of that, of that train. This is the link, right? This is all happening in that link. We have our emotions, we have our mind, and we have our will. Remember we said last week that the Greek word for soul is the word psyche, which is we get the word psychology from. Right? So you can see how this kind of fits together. Our personalities are in there. Our beliefs are in there. Our decision making is in there. All of this happens in the soul. And just as a reminder of our, of our key passage of Scripture this morning that, that, that kind of sets this conversation up for us, it's from 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 to 24. Um, sorry, guys, I know I'm making you jump around you a little bit. But this is, the, this is the verse that's actually formed the basis of this conversation. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit soul and body, there it is, spirit, soul and body, be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful who also will do it. Okay, so let's look at those three components of our souls. Let's unpack what each of those are and help us through scripture to win the battles that goes on in each of them. All right, the first one, the first component of our souls that I want to look at is our emotions our emotions, and we overcome the battle of our emotions when we respond out of a choice instead of reacting out of a feeling. Oh, man, our emotions, our good old emotions. I wish I had more time to actually talk about this and really um, unpack this conversation about harnessing the power of your emotions because it is such a big topic, and we all kind of know the effect that it has on us, right? When we harness our emotions, when we control them, and when they control us. We've all kind of been there, right? We understand what that's like. And so I thought, you know, instead of going through a seminar-style format on, 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 on you know, this, this emotional part of our souls, I'm going to tell you a story um, that is at my own expense, okay? So you're welcome to laugh at me. It's fine. Uh, it's a personal one. Uh, but just to kind of prove how easily we all fall into this trap of, of um, feeling instead of choosing. So this actually happened to me yesterday, by the way. So you can, uh, it's, just, it's amazing how, how God actually works. He really does have a sense of humor. But um, so my wife and I's son, um, Benjamin, he is uh, nearly five months old. And um, recently he's decided that sleep is for the birds. Uh, no one needs that thing in their life. And so in, in their life, and so he has done everything he can to just forget about this whole concept of sleep altogether. Um, so I've been working on about three or four hours a night now for about a week or two, um, and Kelly a bit less, about one and a half to three hours a, a night. I don't know how she's still alive. But um, women are stronger than men, I'll just be honest. Um, but you know what it's like when you're tired, right? When you've got zero sleep. You, um, you don't, how can I say, you don't have much left in the emotional reserve tank in your soul, right? So you're a lot more susceptible to things like frustration. Um, so while I'm, while I'm sort of sitting there in this tired state yesterday, just, you know, doing my utmost best to stay awake and finish the prep, uh, for today, uh, my dog, uh, whose name is Duke, I think you guys have seen a photo of him. Um, he decided to come and lie down at my feet, which is awesome. You know, he wanted to get his, his daily devotion, his daily word in for the day. Um, and I thought this was cool. You know, he's coming to encourage me, you know, man's best friend. Um, but he has an issue, uh, that I'll describe just now. Um, which, you know, was on my mind, but I kind of forgot about it. And so while he's sitting there, this, this, this issue uh, that he has um, uh, sort of presented itself in that he 100% flat out refuses to do his business in the garden. He won't do it. 
no matter how many hours of training, no matter how many refusing to take him for a walk, he just, he just won't. We are convinced that he's on the spectrum somewhere. He just, he is, he has, he has, he has this, he has this issue. Um, so that means that mom and dad obviously take him for two or three walks a day because, I mean, we're scared this dog's going to like literally burst, you know, at the seams. Um, now, this, this, would, this would be funny, you know, and, and not something to worry about if it wasn't for the fact that um, those, uh, uh, those intestinal gases, um, it's like he, he starts fermenting uh, like red wine. And um, he, was, he was sitting at my feet yesterday as I'm preparing for this message in this emotionally drained state, and he just let out a little, huh? I'm telling you, friends, the plants in the house just die. They just, bonsai trees fall over. Roses, there's thorn bushes. And I just, I lost it. I just lost it. What is wrong with you, you retarded clown? Get out of my house. You, why can't you be a normal dog? Just do your business in the garden. What is wrong with you? I'm taking you to SPCA. And I slammed the door and I sat down and I just wept. <laughs> just first, it's like, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It wasn't a moment that I, was, that I was proud of. But, you know, in that moment, I was led by my emotions. I was led by the link that joins my spirit and my body. God's plan for my life wasn't derailed. I didn't suddenly lose my salvation. That's why I said the scriptures I did in the beginning. I just hit a little stone on the tracks, you know, made the plates and the glasses that are in the dining saloon fall, fall over, shatter on the floor a little bit. And you know what it's like when we read these stories at our own expenses, pastors, we're coming for you afterwards, as Pastor George says. Doesn't make the journey all that pleasant, does it, when we hit those little wobblies? And now the people sitting in the coach with me, my family, my colleagues, my friends, my spouse, they and I have to pick up their food off the floor because, you know, Lloyd couldn't control his emotions in those moments. And that's why the driver of our lives, the spirit, has to say, hey, soul, I know you're upset, but I'm still holding the steering wheel. <laughs> just remember who's driving. So why don't you just calm down, call Mirnet. It's not the end of the world. Control yourself. Choose, choose instead of feel. Respond instead of react. Bring love and don't bring fear. Bring love and don't bring fear. Second Timothy 1.7, one of my favorite verses in all of scripture. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of what? Say it with me. Power, love, self-control. It's a spirit, you see, this thing. It's a spirit. And we need to remind ourselves of that. We need to remind ourselves that it's not just a physical fight. There's a spiritual world here. And that's, what, that's the power that we have in our spirits. God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Production, that second, uh, second slide there. We have, according to that verse, the power to choose our thoughts, control our emotions, and manage my actions. How's that for a revelation that the pastor got while preparing the message to tell the congregation the next day? But there it is. And can you just imagine, just imagine what, 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 your, what your world would look like. Imagine what the, the business world would look like. Imagine what marriages would look like, family life would look like if we lived in that one verse. If we didn't respond, uh, uh, react out of fear, we responded out of love when we felt that tension in our souls. 
And that's the encouragement that I wanted to leave us with this morning in terms of this, this area of our soul is that we have the power. We have the spirit that's in us that can enable us to make that possible. Can you say amen to that this morning, church? Okay, firstly, emotions. Secondly, let's have a look at the components in our soul, which is the mind, the mind. And we have victory in this area by focusing instead of forgetting. Focusing instead of forgetting. Um, and this is an interesting tension that I, that I want to get to in um, just a second. But some of us want, uh, know the verse that I'm going to read, right? Because it's just so powerful. So I want to read it at the beginning of this, um, of, this, uh, of this one. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters. Uh, he's addressing the men because the assumption is that they would take the spiritual lead in the home, right? Uh, that, that part was just for free. Um, I, I, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Here's the, here's the power. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing, the renewal of your mind. And what's the purpose of that? So that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Man, that is such a powerful verse. We could literally camp there all day. But just park that one in the, in the back of your minds for a moment. Just keep it there in the back of it because we're going we're gonna to come to it in, in just a bit. But how, how powerful are those words? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, what he's saying is that you can literally experience a new reality by changing the way that you think. You can experience a brand new reality by changing the way you think. Do you know what that word transformed means? It is the Greek word um, metamorphoste. Metamorphoste. No, that's Italian. Um, <laughs> metamorphoste. That's German. Um, meta. Let's call it meta, right? Meta, which is the, where the English gets the word metamorphosis from. Ah, oh, Lord. My marriage used to be a caterpillar. But if I change my perspective, it could become a butterfly again. Lord, my family, mm, it used to be just a caterpillar. Couldn't move anywhere, stuck. Changing the way I think, I thank you that it can, that can become a butterfly again. You can experience a new reality by changing the way you think. That's the power of that verse. You know, I'm... Um, I don't know if anyone here has ever heard of that seeing red cars theory that they used to uh, teach you when you did sales training. Anyone ever heard of the red cars theory, seeing, seeing red cars? But this is what they did when, when, um, when I went for, for sales training at Old Mutual back in the day. And this whole seeing red cars theory, pretty much what, 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 what it boils down to is you get more of what you focus on, right? So you need a new car and off you go to the dealership. You go to Raynaud's uh, Nissan dealership over there. Thanks, but I'll receive the commission for that uh, marketing plug. And, um, and you want this red car, and you buy this car, you're all excited, you take photos, you leave the showroom, and suddenly you start seeing all these red cars that are in, in the street. You're like, oh, there, that one's got a red car, and another red car. And you think, like, everyone's got a red car. What's actually happened is those cars were there all along, right? You just, you just had a fresh revelation of what was already there because it's what you're focusing on the most. You know, and... Um, Steve Harvey, um, you guys know Steve Harvey, the famous American um, talk show host and, and celebrity. He also has another little illustration that helps understand this point. Uh, he, he, I came across this video that, the other day. He says that your mind um, is a set of factory workers that has a foreman. A set of factory workers that has a foreman. And when you wake up in the morning and you say to yourself, oh man, I got up on the wrong side of the bed today. I'm so tired. This is, I just really don't feel like it. 
I wonder what else is going to go wrong today. What does the foreman do? Foreman turns around to the factory worker and says, all right, guys, do you hear that? Boss said it's going to be a bad day. Let's make sure we follow the boss's orders. Help him get what he's thinking about. Opposite is also true. You wake up and you say, today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Lord, for what I have. What's the foreman do? He gets up and he goes, okay, guys, you heard the man. Today's going to be a good day. Let's get to work. Let's make sure that we do our best, that the boss gets everything he's thinking about. Isn't that true? Same set of circumstances, different mindset, different experience. All in the way that we think. Man, this is, this is such a big deal for me. I just love it how the word of God is so powerful. It goes right to the heart of psychology because this is what we're speaking about now. This is, this is, um, this is uh, psychology stuff. But similarly with our spiritual journeys, isn't it true, guys, that the truths of God's word have always been there. Those red cars have always been there. You're just getting a fresh revelation of what's in your spirit. Now you can identify them. And the truth is you are loved. You are already free. <laughs> you are already chosen. You're already forgiven. You're already called, equipped, justified, made perfect through Christ. So let's not forget those truths. Amen. Let's see the red cars. Let's tell the foreman of my mind, hey, remember what the Lord has already given to me because this is how we experience the wholeness that Christ has purchased for us in our souls. Amen. Take a look at, the, at um, one more scripture on this topic of the mind. I mean, there's, there's so many verses uh, that I wanted to share, but, you know, obviously time doesn't allow us. But I, I just had to mention this one. Colossians 2, 3. Set your mind on things above. In other words, keep your head in the clouds. You know, whenever we see someone walking around, that's like, what's the Afrikaans word for it? Um, Dirty miss sort of thing, just nowhere. There's another word though. Yeah, that, that one. But there's still, there's one more word. It's okay, I'll think of it now. Pray for me. Um, you know, whenever we see someone like that, you go like, oh, that guy's got his head in the clouds, man. You know, he's, he's nowhere. But look at this verse. Set your mind on things above. Keep your head on the spiritual things. Remind yourself of the truth. Remind yourself of the things that God says about you, not on things on the earth. Don't worry about the world, about what, what, the, what the world says. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. The old you is gone. The old you is gone. You're not living in bitterness anymore. You're not living in resentment anymore. You're not living in unforgiveness, in anger, in all these things, in prejudice. No, the old you is gone. The new you has come. So set your mind, keep your mind focused on heavenly things. Can you say amen to that this morning, church? Is this helpful? Are we, are we going somewhere? Are you with me? So firstly, first component of our soul was our emotions. How do we overcome that battle? We choose instead of feel, right? The second one, our mind. How do we overcome this one? We focus instead of forget. Yeah, we remind ourselves of God's truth. And then lastly, this is, this is the will. The last one is a component of, the last component of our soul is our will. And here we win. Here we experience victory by surrendering and not forcing. Surrendering and not forcing. You know, this, um, this topic of the will, it's something that started out right in the very beginning of time, didn't it? In, in, in the Garden of Eden. God creates Adam and Eve and what happens? You know, it gives them free will and they make a bad choice, right? It's a topic that really goes to the roots of humankind. And interestingly, I don't know if you've ever had the argument of, or heard the argument of, you know, if, if God is a loving God, how can, how can evil things still happen? You know, how can, how can bad things still happen? Well, that's simply because you cannot have love without free will. Can't have love without free will, then you have compliance, right? Then there's no choice. Um, and we often refer to this, this conversation of our will as, you know, in, in, um, in the terms of things like willpower. 
you know, our willpower, our ability to say yes or no and to make good decisions. But from the beginning of time, as we read in the Garden of Eden, you know, our wills are broken, aren't they? By nature, by definition, by you know, kind of the fact that we inherited that first sin of Adam and Eve. Our, our wills are broken and we don't always have the ability, do we, to make good choices all the time. We we allow our emotions, which we've been speaking about now, and our mind to affect our decision-making. You know, we wake up in the morning having been determined to go to gym in the afternoon, and it rains, and what do we do? We tell ourselves, ah, oh, you know what, eh? This isn't the Lord's will for my life today. He, he wouldn't want me to get out there and risk getting sick. I'm not going to go to gym. I mean, even in that simple decision, while well, wills are broken. So where does this leave us? How do, we, how do we experience victory here by surrendering and not forcing? Well, Remember I said to you just now, you must remember Romans 12, verse 2. Keep that scripture in the back of your mind. Be transformed by the ringing of your mind. Let's look at how deep the love and grace of God goes in helping us accomplish this purpose and living with victory in our wills. Philippians 2, verse 13. For it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his, his good purpose. It is God who is working in you, both to will and to work according to his good purpose. You see, the grace of God revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ is such that he would himself work in us a desire to follow him and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And how does this, how does this work? How is this possible? Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed to this will, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God. <laughs> I love that so much. God is working in you to give you the desire to follow after him. All we need to do is change the way we think about it. Oh, and one more thing. If you ever wanted an example in scripture of what it means uh, to surrender to God's will, um, an example of someone who modeled that for us, consider the words of Christ. In the Garden of Gethsemane, when he said in anguish at the thought of what lay, be, lay, lay before him, uh, yet, Father, not my will, but yours be done. Because he knew that when he followed the Father's will, it would result in the salvation of the whole world. You say amen to that this morning, church. Important conversation, this, hey? Our souls and how to live in victory in each of them. And it just amazes me that God in his grace would give us, he would work in us the exact desire we need to follow after him. Yeah. Would you mind joining me on, on, on the stage, Rob? I want to take a moment to pray for us. Could we, could we stand, church? Um, we said that at the beginning of the series that we want to create um, just some moments during the service to pray for people. We're not going to, we don't embarrass anybody. We don't want to make it a whole thing. But I do feel that during the series, there have been one or two points maybe that really um, struck a chord with someone, like it did for me with my story with, with my dog yesterday. That's definitely an area that I need to work on, this, this thing of harnessing my emotions. But um, I suppose as we close the service, I don't want us to leave here just you know having had a good experience. I want us to ha leave having had an encounter with God. And sometimes He calls us to just take a little faith step. Nothing crazy, nothing embarrassing, but just a little faith step to say, you know what, I'm really trusting you for that. And so I guess with every eye closed and every head bowed, just as an act of, you know, in an act of support and I guess 
respect for this moment. Um, I wonder if that's you this morning. I wonder if you, like me, are saying, you know what, Lord, I need your help with something. I need you to empower me um, in my soul with what is already in my spirit and help me overcome something. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a thing of, of your emotions. Maybe you feel like they sometimes control you and you don't control them. Or maybe it's, maybe it's in the mind. Maybe it's the way that we think about stuff. You know, that affects our language, it affects our behaviors. Or maybe it's in the very thing of, Lord, I, I, I don't feel like I can make a decision for you. Help me. And I suppose if we could just take a moment, if, if, if that's you, I don't, I don't need to know what the, what the request is, but I just, I just want to know that you've said yes to, yes to the Lord to help you in something. Why don't you just raise your hand this morning, church? Just long enough for me to see it. There's so many hands going up already. You see, this is, I knew the Lord is working in this, in this message this morning. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. So Father, thank you so much that you see every hand. You see every hand that's maybe still down, but that is the heart's beating fast because they know that you're at work in their lives, Father. It's not about me. It's not about anyone. It's all about you, Jesus. And I thank you that you just, you, you get the glory, Lord. You get the glory. And Father, so for every request, every hand raised this morning, whatever that need is, Lord, if it's, a, if it's an awareness of, um, of the Spirit that is in them, that is that is working out their salvation into the area of the emotions, if it's the mind, if it's the will, if it's any other broken or disconnected thing, I thank you that by the power of your Spirit, Jesus, you will bring healing and you will bring wholeness. You will bring confidence to take control of our emotions, to renew the way we think, Father, to surrender to your will that becomes our will. Lord, thank you for the riches of your grace. This is not possible in our own strength. And so we rely again on your Holy Spirit to fill in the, fill in the blanks, Lord. Take us further when we, we can't seem to take another step. Would you take us that one more step? Father, thank you that grace keeps counting. No matter how many times we failed, Lord, grace keeps counting. Thank you, Lord, that nothing in all creation can separate us from your love. And we stand firm in that this morning, Lord. Thank you so much that you are for us. You are not against us. And so we rest in your provision. We rest in your grace. And we worship you this morning that we can have victory in every area in our lives because of what Christ has done for us. And we celebrate that this morning. And in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Church, can we give God a shout of praise this morning and worship?